Hello and welcome to episode 20.0 of the Run Amok podcast presented, as always, by Juncture Magazine. Now, as always, I'm your host, David Stahl, and sitting right across from me for this monumental 20th episode, really our 40th episode in total, but 20 episodes of us talking hoops. I got straight across me looking handsome as ever. Producer Gary, what's up, my man? The least knowledgeable man in the group. The least knowledgeable <laughs> basketball mind here. Yeah. And we have unfortunately been abandoned for such a significant, again, monumental episode. We've I'm been sad that like they couldn't join for this. I know, episode. I know. Like, I don't know if they really realized how big, yeah. you know, 20 episodes, 40. It's going to come total. out tomorrow and they'll be like, wait. Damn it. We screwed up. I can't believe it. Uh, and I know for a fact Hill will not listen to this. No. Carson might listen to him and be like, I wish I was there, <laughs> uh, but and and again, not I, look. I didn't. I don't even think I had the chance to pat ourselves on the back for the bonus episode we mm-hmm. did yesterday, just yesterday. But we were both fighting through a couple colds on yeah, video. We if, if you watch the video portion of the episode, you'll see me honking my nose <laughs> to start it off. I mean, that's what I was battling through. But yeah. I've already decided if I have to blow my nose. If I have to, if I, ah, man, I've been sneezing a little bit. We're keeping it in. Do. We're doing it live. We're keeping it in. Yeah. We're doing it live because, look, we used to make a little behind the scenes look behind the curtain. We used to do some cuts mm-hmm. if we would stumble or need to look up a stat. Yeah. We do not cut anymore. We, we were shameful in the raw. beginning, but not We, we were shameful. We'd like to keep it clean, but now we're, we give you a raw, genuine, uncut footage uh mm-hmm. sometimes we got cut because the camera's dying but other than that you're getting you're gonna hear the sneezes that's not our doing though. that's not our doing those that, are our limitations the shortcomings of uh technology yeah. our podcast is ahead of its generation it was born oh. in the wrong generation yeah. really the cameras can't keep up but again before we get going we got we got first we got to get the tissues out and get that lysol out because it's full of, this is a germy room right now it's a germy studio it and is. we gotta do some housekeeping baby so first things first Juncturemagazine.com. Read Volume 4, our January issue. I loved it. It's the one with our exclusive interview. Lots of great articles. And get ready for Volume 5 coming at the end of February. Final Saturday of every month. What do you... you Any exclusives in this one or no? No exclusives. Well... No exclusives. What's special... I think each volume has something special Yeah, there's that one big precedented story... And this one is uh, three testimonies by mm. myself, uh, one of my favorite writers, one of my favorite people this year, Jermaine, who's just come out of nowhere to become mm. uh, such a, a special writer for us. And and yeah. our compadre, Carson Cooper, each have written a testimonial to Kobe Bryant, oh, in, sort of in, nice. in memory of him. And mine is actually, I'm not even joking, mine <laughs> is in poem form. Oh, really? I wrote a poem, wow. dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So get ready for that. For I'm tuning five. in. I know, I know. Follow us on Instagram at Juncture Magazine, and I mean our Instagram has never been popping off more. No, we just got dude. double our follower count views on a video, dude. Legit, ins- insane. Yeah, and it's another 
Chris Tucker video. <laughs> Yo, people love How Chris Tucker. How insane is that? I was That's talking to Carson nuts. today. I was with him earlier. We're saying, P.S. So if you haven't seen the video, it's from the classic 1995 film Friday mm-hmm. uh, with John Witherspoon, another classic uh, legendary comedic actor who passed away, I believe, earlier this year. Well, not this year, uh, yeah. but uh, earlier in 2019. And so it's a video of him and Chris Tucker just behind the scenes joking it up on the set. Yeah. Dude. Chris Tucker fans, there might not. Yeah, look, he doesn't have as big a fan base. As, yeah, he's not like an A-lister, like dude. Bieber he's not out here. Or, yeah, or, or Brad Pitt. Or, yeah. Like, he's not an A-lister, but his fans are, are more rabid than I expected. Yeah. We may just have to turn Juncture Magazine into... Chris Tucker fan page. A Chris Tucker fan yeah. page. And we'll have like a solid 20K <laughs> follower count. It will oh, never go up. Easily. It will never go down. Yeah. But yeah, give us a follow on there. We're blowing up, uh, dude. I should show you the other photo we uploaded earlier that day—the Magic Johnson photo. Yeah, that's at like 450 likes in really? no time at all. It's crazy. That's Just sick two posts engagement in a row. for uh, twelve hundred followers. I know, I know. It is, we yeah. do get pretty good engagement. So yeah. follow us on there, and that's because we do good stuff, mm-hmm. slick stuff, neat stuff, neat stuff, especially neat stuff, especially neat stuff, yeah. and a hefty amount of slick stuff as well. If yeah. I do say so myself, we should post some Garth Brooks content. Oh, I think. All right, watch out, watch out, junkheads, watch <laughs> out, junkheads. Uh, but we do have a busy, busy episode today. Mm-hmm. Look, the sniffles are coming on, but we got to fight through it because we have the NBA trade deadline and the All-Star weekend mm-hmm. coming up, and we have some Some, some huge, big trades. Some big trades. Look, sometimes it's quiet, and I actually heard, before we jump in, yeah. that a lot of the NBA GMs had just stopped talking completely after Kobe's death. Really? Uh, it's just no one like and you get it like no one's in the mood to talk trades yeah and so the phones were dead and so a lot of people were assuming this is going to be a very quiet quiet trade deadline period and mm-hmm. a lot of the time things are hyped up uh names are thrown about throughout kind of the december even november uh times of the year through january as well and yeah. then everything fizzles down no yeah. one ends up getting traded that's what happens 90 percent of the time then this year those phones start getting picked back up again and it felt like everybody and their grandmother changed teams. The yeah. Minnesota Timberwolves have a whole new roster. Yeah, legit. So we're going to go through some of those trades. I'm going to talk about winners or losers. Gary, if you're kind of feeling the spirit of of the moment flowing mm-hmm. through you, feel free to jump I'll just, out. I'll throw give some me buzzwords in there. Yeah, exactly. Maybe like, oh, you know what? I actually think this team's a loser. Like, give me a hot <laughs> take or something. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm going to go through the All-Star Skills Competition lineup, mm-hmm. the Dunk Comp, and the Three-Point Competition talk about my predictions for that and then we're going to go through the all-star game because that they did the draft last night for that uh, yeah. so we have a lot going on but first things first we talked about trade trade deadline moves the first move to be made was a big old four-team trade and you rarely see huge huge that's a, like for sports in general like four-team deals are just unheard of even just the logistics of yeah. figuring it out are, are tough so the logistics of a two it's a lot of numbers, a lot of salaries moving back and forth. Yeah, We had the Rockets, the Hawks, the Nuggets, and the Timberwolves dealing players back and forth. So I'm not going to go into all, maybe I won't go into all the picks necessarily, mm-hmm. uh, but I want to go with the key players and the kind of movers and shakers going yeah. on for each trade. So Houston acquired Robert Covington from Minnesota, while Atlanta got Clint Capella and Nene from the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. Minnesota got Malik Beasley, uh, Juan Hernan Gomez, Evan Turner, and Atlanta first-round pick via the Nets. And Denver got Gerald Green and a Houston first-round pick. So a lot wow. going on. But the one that was making the most buzz 
was Houston giving up their starting center, Clint Capella, who to many people, I think everybody who watches the NBA would agree, he's on one of the most reasonable contracts in the NBA. He's a player who's averaging 14 points per game, 14 rebounds per game mm-hmm. on a crazy high percentage, shooting high 60%. He's the type of guy who can catch lobs, play the pick and roll. Mm. Theoretically, the ideal <sighs> the ideal center to put around a James Harden. Yeah. Yet they throw him away for a Robert Covington, who is a great three-point shooter, a great defensive player. But you look around and think, who's going to be their starting center? Well, I'll tell you who their starting center is going to be. The tallest player on their team now is six. But eight. Really? P.J. Tucker, who plays small forward, is now going to be their center, matching <laughs> up in the West against guys like Anthony Davis, yeah. Nikola Jokic, Rudy Gobert. Beasts. Insane. Yeah. So that was the biggest takeaway from, and look, uh, Minnesota giving up Robert Covington mm-hmm. and, and kind of uh, gaining pieces for their future in, in Malik Beasley. Yeah. Uh, that, that all made sense to me. Denver getting rid of Malik Beasley. It was really just a a a product of too many cooks in the kitchen. They had too many good guards, especially yeah. with Michael Porter Jr. now coming in and playing real minutes. It's just like, but sorry, Malik Beasley, you're the odd man out. You're getting Got too many out. of you. Exactly, yeah. too many people. So it all made sense. Atlanta needed. So my winners were Denver. You know, they're getting they're getting some assets in return for a guard they weren't using. Mm-hmm. Atlanta. Gets the big man that they desperately needed with another center. They got Dwayne Dedman back as well later in the trade deadline. So they have a, a, set, a great starting center and a backup center. Time will tell if Capella fits alongside uh, their young third-year player in John Collins. Mm-hmm. I don't know if John Collins is a, a three-point threat enough uh, for them to actually be able to space the floor and play both of them. But, I mean, it's a, it's a low risk, mm-hmm. right? You're getting a great center on a great contract. I don't see where they could have gotten wrong. Yeah. Do you think Houston got lost in the numbers? They were like confused and they're like, wait, we just got rid of our tallest player. We don't have a center anymore. What happened? Do you think this was, uh, so this is what I want from you, Gary. I want you coming out with hot takes like this. Yeah. So your take is that this was a product of confusion. Like, oh shit. It was a three man deal. And then Houston got involved and they're like, wait, there's too many moving I thought we were getting a center back. What is happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our center, we don't have a center anymore. So I put... I put the losers under Minnesota. You know, yeah. they're like at least their first round draft pick is about to be a lot better because they're going to be a shitty, shitty team. Yeah. Other than that, uh, they uh, they really have no guards other than picking up D'Angelo Russell, which we'll talk about later. But this is mm-hmm. a team that has no distributors besides their single guard, uh, and apparently Covington was Cat's best friend in the locker room. So yeah. again, they ended up plugging some of those holes that I'm hitting them for now by getting Cat's literal best friend in the world, mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell, into town to play That's with big. him. Yo, he was waiting at the airport for him. I saw that. Yeah, on yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly <laughs> with his jersey. Like, yeah, that is that can't be overlooked. We'll get to that trade, but I, I do in this particular trade, I have Minnesota as a loser, and for both, I dude, I have Houston. <laughs> yeah, it's like what they beat the Lakers last night. Yeah. That That's played big. Anthony Davis. And I think teams are going to get sucked into the idea of, oh, well, we got to post up every play then. Mm-hmm. We got to beat them up down, like, uh, inside. And then there's going to beat like, them everywhere else. All right. Then we'll, I'll knock down a three. You can yeah. knock down every two you want, and we'll return it with a three. Threes yeah. are worth more than twos. In a way, they didn't get confused by the numbers. Maybe three are, yeah, that might be an insane strategy. More than two. Yeah. It's just, it's at least cool to see. Them just go all in. They're pushing all their chips in the middle, saying, "Yeah, we like to play five out. 
So why even waste a roster spot on a center when this is just how we want to play now? Screw height. This isn't a game of height. This is a game of numbers. It's an insane, insane strategy. Yeah. But it's electric all the same. It is, yeah. They're playing Utah, and we have it, I believe, in our pickup, our pick'em challenge game. Mm -hmm. We do. Jazz at Rockets on Sunday. And uh, we'll get to why I'm picking uh, the Jazz instead yeah. later. It's again, it's a numbers game. It but is I, a numbers I'll game. tell you right now, I think Houston is going to thrive against teams like the Jazz with Rudy Gobert. Like he thrives in protecting the paint. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work when nobody's in the paint. Yeah. When you have no big man. To <laughs> Everyone's just standing on the outside. Rudy Gobert, go grab 25 rebounds. He'll have 25 rebounds yeah. and zero block shots. Like They do not care about points in the paint. They do not care about grabbing offensive rebounds. So mm-hmm. like, okay, you can score. We want to get in transition and run the ball. Yeah. So, again, exciting, to, especially to kick off yeah. the trade deadline. Then we follow it up. With Andre Iguodala going to the Miami Heat. Now, this was a beef that I was already planning on talking about because basically Dylan Brooks, a young shooting guard for the Memphis Grizzlies, who are currently, they've had a very, very, uh, to say the least, a fun season. They're currently in eighth in the West, a very mm-hmm. competitive Western Conference. And they're obviously scraping to keep that playoff spot uh, just ahead of the Trailblazers right now. Yeah. And they and pretty much Dylan Brooks was like, look, I, I, I can't wait till we trade Iggy because he doesn't want to play for our team. So we want to show him what type of team we are once we face up against him. I love that attitude. John Morant, yeah. uh, their rookie point guard, pretty much echoed the same thing, saying, yeah, I to- I'm totally on the same page. Mm-hmm. And, and so that was kind of the narrative at the moment. And a lot of people won't remember this, but the Pistons... With Ben Gordon, Ben Gordon, similar to Iggy, was a, a uh, an older player who still had a lot to give, who wanted to be traded to a contender, mm-hmm. and he refused to play for them, and they kind of went back and forth, and then they said, you know what, screw it, we don't even care about getting anything for you, we're going to hold on to you yeah. until the deadline's over, until you're not able to sign with a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Like, they refuse to get rid of him, so I thought, like, maybe Memphis is just going to spite uh, Andre Gudala, but instead, it didn't. Instead, they trade him for Justice Winslow. Now, Justice Winslow, he has trouble staying on the court, but when he's on the court, I love his game. He's he's basically a small forward who uh, Eric Spolster on the Heat started playing him in a point guard position, and he was kind of running the offense. He was so exciting to watch. I can't wait to see him alongside you know other young players jaron jackson jr who's super super fun to watch you have john morant obviously dylan brooks brandon clark like this grizzlies team is such a fun young promising team Mm -hmm. and they happen to be winning right away yeah like so they i man they're a huge winner for me we're gonna talk about winners and losers generally over uh the trade deadline Mm -hmm. and against uh they're not my my biggest winner but they did great. They came out pretty good. Yeah, I'd say so. They t- came out very, very good. Mm-hmm. So, winner, I have, for this particular trade, Miami, Memphis, Igudala, and Winslow. I think everybody, everybody won. Everybody, everybody won. Yeah. Iggy is going to a real contender. The Heat look a lot better. But the Heat, a little weird, could potentially be losers. They, The weird part to me was they signed Iggy to an oddly big extension. Two years, $30 million for a 36-year-old that yeah. is... Uh, Obviously injury prone, has taken a full year off. Yeah, two years at thirty six. That's a long like. 
a big deal. And that means to me that they have tampered. Like, there's a lot of tampering rules. They're not supposed to be talking to players beforehand. I guarantee yeah. they've talked to him, that they've done all the physicals. They know that he's healthy. They know he's committed. Uh, but again, I saw going around Twitter, people were being a little hard on the deal. The second mm-hmm. year is a team option. So they can opt out of paying him that oh, uh, yeah. second year for just $2 million. So it, it's not as huge. of a, But it just, it was, I mean, good for Iggy. He got mm-hmm. the payout, holy crow, and took that time off to get healthy in the, in the process. Uh, and as of Thursday, Jay Crowder is also headed to Miami. So he was obviously a big piece for Memphis. Uh, so Miami now looks like, so currently Miami's had a very, very promising season as a lot of people expected them to, but mm-hmm. they're in fourth place right now, just nipping at the heels of the Boston Celtics. And, and uh, again, adding Jay Crowder, who was kind of a throw in piece adding Andre Iguodala, you already have a great core of grindy, defensive-minded players. Mm-hmm. I Look, Miami has is, is kind of firmly established themselves as an actual Eastern Conference contender. Like, look, mm-hmm. I could very well see them in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Bucs. Me and Caleb were saying last week that they were, and that was before Iguodala and yeah. yeah. And And, again, when you look at the Eastern Conference Finals all the way down the road, you never know what's going to happen. Mm. There are injuries happen. Uh, fatigue happens. Could the Bucks get caught up in going for 70 wins, and then all of a sudden they're falling apart near the end of the season? I mean, Iguodawa could just be out next game. You never know. Exactly. Right? Like, you never know. So I don't discount them from being now a finals team. Yeah. But probably the flashiest trade of the deadline came right at the end. And again, I was going to put Minnesota as my big loser, but they shipped out Andrew Wiggins. Thank God. Oh, my. Look, I've said it before on the podcast. I don't want to rip this guy. But the people are aware of how much you dislike this man, I think. How many times have I talked about Wiggins on the pod? Well, we had a whole episode named uh, Wiggins Island or something. Hangover, was, on Wing- hungover on Wiggins Island. Hangover on Wiggins Island. Yeah, I yeah. said, I dude, I, I don't. Look, I'm not the greatest basketball player, but I watch a lot of basketball, and I've done so for years. Yeah. I know what I'm talking about. I promise you. I've seen Andrew Wiggins for years, and I knew that when people were getting excited, oh, he's a playmaker now. Now he's a point guard. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, he's turned a corner. I. It's unsustainable. That's what Hangover on Wiggins Island was like. It's a debaucherous island where yeah. people are injecting themselves with heroin. They're getting hung over. They're missing their flights late in the morning. It's not a fun time. It's unsustainable, and it turned out to be so. Now, this is a crazy stat for you, and I don't, oh, damn, I wish. Well, it's been 17 games since Carl Anthony Towns has won a basketball game. So wow. the the Timberwolves have won without him, oddly yeah. enough, but with him playing, they've lost <laughs> 17 in a row. Hmm. What's something the tells here? me <laughs> something's got to change. Now, yeah. Car- Cat is uh, extremely talented, but mm-hmm. I mean, uh, just you have to give him some help. You have to have someone to give him the ball. Wiggins was not that guy. So yeah. they ship him out to Golden State. D'Angelo Russell, his be- his best friend, comes in. I think they're going to be a very fun pick and roll. It could be huge. That's a. I think that's a good trade for them. I think it's a good trade as well. I'll, I'll tell you this, though. Mm-hmm. So currently... Look, we've talked about their record is disappointing. They're currently sitting at a dis. Oh, they're 14th out of 15 teams in the West. Yikes. They're 15 and 35 at the moment. Mm-hmm. I think this changes them from being like a 20 win team at the end of the season to next year when D'Angelo's there for a full year. 
I think they're probably 35 wins. Yeah. I like I think they're fun to watch. Doesn't really move the dial on how good they are. Yeah. But I mean, it could keep your best player yeah. there for a little longer. It could keep Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota. I mean, at this point, that's just the goal. They got to start hitting with some of their draft picks though, because mm-hmm. they're keep not the fans gonna... in the seats kind of kind of move. Exactly. Just yeah. just be fun to watch. Yeah. Exactly. Just you're still rebuilding. They have no lofty expectations of being a perennial playoff team yeah. with with Russell and Towns. I don't think. Mm-hmm. But they might think, look, we can at least be fun and respectable. Yeah. And if we start hitting on a few of our draft picks, then we're in a better shape than we were with Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so, uh, obviously, the full trade, the Warriors uh, send D'Angelo Russell, Jacob Evans, and Amari Spellman, uh, all of whom were actually fun players to watch on a horrible, hor- horrible Warriors team, <laughs> in exchange for Andrew Wiggins, a 2021 first-round pick, and a 2022 second-round pick. Now, you may think, you're trading away Andrew Wiggins, a guy who scores 23 points per game. Why are you sending a first and second round pick? Because he's on an enormous contract. Yeah. He's, he's being paid so much money to do very, very little. Yeah, the bare minimum. The bare minute he makes he makes the bare minimum impact on the court for a guy who puts up that that those mm-hmm. lofty stats. He's a base salary player making big bucks essentially. And so yeah, what I would compare him to is like Harrison Barnes. If yeah. you remember Harrison Barnes from those uh, original. Uh, title teams with Steph and Clay and Ugadala and Barnes, mm-hmm. but he's making a- enormous, enormous money. Like he's not making twenty fifteen Harrison Barnes money. He's yeah. making like twenty seventeen Harrison Barnes money, <laughs> and nobody thought twenty seventeen Harrison Barnes deserved that money. Yeah. It's a bad contract, so they had to throw in some picks. But again, uh, the the Warriors actually came out and said the Steve Kerr has said, look. It just wasn't a logistical fit with D'Angelo Russell. Like, yeah. we, we had given up, essentially, which, I mean, makes me a little hesitant to believe that this is going to work with Towns. Uh, yeah. But again, it's all about keeping him happy in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, it makes more sense to at least put Wiggins around Steph Curry and Clay Thompson than it does to throw in a third ball-dominant guard. Yeah. That just really didn't make any sense to me. It felt like they really just got him as a either a trade piece or again to be fun while, or to make a playoff run with Steph while Clay was out this year. Like, yeah, it never yeah. felt like he was there for their long term. Yeah, Cat said the day before though, it was this long quote of basically saying, "I'm tired of losing. I'm mm-hmm. not happy here." Uh, so this move again, it doesn't move the needle drastically in terms of winning, but it at least shows that they're trying to get better, which is yeah. big. Now some smaller deals. Uh, the Clippers moved Mo Harkless to the Knicks for Marcus Morris. I actually think that, I mean, I, it was a decent move for the Clippers. Again, I don't think it moves the needle. Clippers are already a good team. Uh, Marcus Morris isn't really going to change, uh, put them over the top. Like, they're not, oh, my gosh, look at them versus the Lakers now. They yeah. have a, a, a power forward off the bench that can actually hit a shot. So, I mean, it, it helps them. Cleveland grabbed Drummond. Uh, and, look, we're talking about losers of the trade deadline. I have, I believe I have someone. Yeah, I have someone else. But the loser is is Detroit. They literally gave up uh, Andre Drummond for for nothing. I didn't even <laughs> write down what they got. They got they got they nothing. Gave away. They got they got a, a handful of shitty picks and yeah. and and nothing. Like they got nothing for a guy that they've been shopping forever. I think that just shows the decreased value of the NBA center. Like if you're a tall man. Mm-hmm. And you are kind of coordinated. Go, go into modeling because yeah. the money is not there for the you. The game is changing. The game is changing. Yeah. Um, and again, with Clint Capella, like we talked about that. The, yes, exactly. The game is changing, and mm-hmm. them getting peanuts 
for Andre Drummond really just echoes that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the losers are always the Detroit Pistons. We could start off losers of the NBA every week, and yeah. I could always make a case for the Detroit Pistons. Likewise, could make always make a case for the New York Knicks for the past how many years? Like, yeah, it's been a it's been a while. For uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> t- they're just so tough to watch. I yeah. feel bad for Blake Griffin because yeah. uh, he got traded there. Obviously, not by his own volition. He didn't want to go there. But we have. So, is there anyone from? I'll ask you if just from what I've described, you have someone that you're looking at and you're thinking, "Wow, the, these guys won the deadline." Is there a team that's kind of standing out to you? Uh, I don't know. Like, the, there's a lot of interesting deals for sure. Mm, I don't know, man. What I will say is, you are a bigger Harden fan. Oh, I'm a ever. huge Harden fan. So, but I, uh, I might say that I the, would say Houston won, but it, it's such a spicy strategy that I, I was don't know. The biggest winner of the trade deadline, in your opinion, might be you. Yeah, because you're gonna get to see some fun Harden games. That's what I'm. He's saying, gonna yeah. be racking up. Like they're going to be scoring 150 points. They're going to be winning games 150 to 143 and out rebounded 80 rebounds to zero. Yeah, like, no, I'm going to say that Houston won overall, but time will tell. Time honestly. will yeah. time will tell. Time it's will tough tell. to like look. That Lakers win shocked me last night. Yeah, maybe it'll work. It's maybe tough. it was a fluke. Who knows? But like, uh, yeah, who yeah. like who knows? Because we literally have never seen this before. Yeah, my winner. This is not a sexy winner. Look, we talk about sometimes we do those sexy podcasts. And we're doing it in the golden hour right yeah, now. Yeah, this is the it's almost the golden hour, almost 6:30. But this is not a sexy. This is not a sexy winner. I no. put the Atlanta Hawks though. They picked up. They needed a rim protector That's to fair. be competitive. At the moment, they've had a, a, a tough, tough season after John Collins went down. Uh, but they're again 14 and 38. They're not working towards anything, but they have a future with Trey Young and John Collins, and so they're building around it a little bit. They have mm-hmm. a cost-controlled center. Uh, for a few more years, a long contract, and it's a very, very reasonable one. But they didn't go crazy with trying to go for Drummond and giving up a bunch of assets. They just went with a more reliable big man, someone who's going to give them what they need immediately under a good contract. So, I mean, mm-hmm. props to them. I give them pretty much, and they did as much as they could have. I give yeah. them like an A minus. Yeah, the realist in me would say the Hawks won, but. Yeah. Houston, oh, like, well, yeah, the gambling man says gambling I want to watch man. these Rockets. I want to see, I want to see them go big. Now my losers, they look, they picked up Alec Burks, a decent player, but man, I watched them last night in a one twelve one oh one loss to the Milwaukee Bucks, and it hurts. And my loser has to be the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> look, I we're laughing, and they're fun to laugh about, and they're they're f- easy to make fun of, easy to poke holes in. But this is crazy, dude. Like, this is a team with two generational talents in Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Yeah. I picked them to win the East. I don't... They they added Al Horford, Tobias Harris in the offseason. Thought, you know, that's kind of a weird fit to put Al Horford beside Joel Embiid. But let's see how it works out. They added Josh Richardson, who's now injured. Yeah. But, I, again, I look at this team, I go, is Josh Richardson even that great a fit with them? Look, he's a good player, but this team makes makes no sense on paper. And yeah. and that ultimately fulfills itself when you watch them on the court. Mm-hmm. Something needed to change with this Philadelphia team, and they essentially stood by and did nothing. Yeah, it dri- it drives me crazy. And Joel Embiid, I don't know what's going on with him. He he looks lethargic. He says that he's changed his whole diet. Blah blah blah. <laughs> I look m- maybe it's true. I honestly think, and I, I mean this sincerely, I think that he might have something going on in his life. Yeah, like it, it, he looks just 
unhappy playing the game. Mm-hmm. And and when they play with Ben Simmons and just the rest of the team, they at least know what they're trying to do. They're yeah. like, okay, we're all playing through Ben. So it's similar to how the Bucks play through Giannis. Like, okay, Giannis is going to control everything. We get ready to shoot and play through him. Mm-hmm. The Simmons-Horford duo on the pick and roll, <clears throat> extremely fun to watch. And then you throw Joel Embiid in there, and everything just looks confused. I mean, they're tortured, dude. You look back at other Philly teams. I know you mean. Oh, my like, God, yeah. It's And it looked like, because they went through the process, looked mm-hmm. like they were turning a corner. I thought yeah. Joel Embiid was going to come out of the Eastern Conference Finals and, and be an absolute monster season. I had him on my MVP shortlist. Yeah. And he's putting up decent stats. But, I, I mean, the team doesn't make sense. And they just got eviscerated by the Bucks last night. Uh, it, shockingly, they have an awesome home record. They're sixth in the East right now, thirty-one mm-hmm. and twenty-one on the season. Uh, and but at home, they're twenty-two and two. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and that's then, insane. And then nine and nineteen away. Like what? They're struggling. What a difference. <laughs> Something needs to change. And and I wish they made a move. Yeah. I think Brett Brown, I called it at the beginning of the year that Brett Brown was on my short list to l- lose his job in our beginning of the season predictions. I don't think he makes it to the end of the season. Really? I think if they go out anytime before the conference finals, which they very well could. He's gone. Oh, he's de- he, uh, look, I'll lock it in now. He's gone. But I think if they don't make it to the conference finals, they're trading Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons. Like mm-hmm. it's, It doesn't work with both of them. Uh, and at, at this point, I mean, the team looks shockingly. If you told me this a year ago, I would not have believed you. But the team shockingly looks like it works better around Ben Simmons. So yeah. I'm giving my like, look. They say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Right now, that's this Philly team. Like sometimes mm-hmm. doing nothing, doing nothing. And this is a, I I say this all time, and I think this all time. Doing nothing is doing something. You yeah. know what I mean? They made a conscious decision. That they, oh no we're happy with our team we're gonna stick with this and they're on a tough tough run right now mm-hmm. uh, they've looked just wretched they're on a four game losing streak but it's gone far, farther back than that mm-hmm. but I was thinking earlier today if this losing streak started maybe two weeks ago or a week and a half ago I think they would have made a move I yeah. think they're thinking shit we should have done something yeah. But again, it's too late. These are the cards you, you've been dealt. You chose not to fold. You you decide to play this hand, and it, it's looking like you're... Sketchy decision. Looking like sure. a sketchy decision. So, yeah. again, we'll see where they go from here. This is the all-star break. Things can change, but at the moment, it just, again, looks like it's constantly not working. Yeah. But again, later this week, it's a busy week. This is the busiest week probably in the NBA regular season because oh, we have yeah, the trade deadline, sure. and then we have... The big All-Star game. The NBA All-Star game. And last night, uh, so we're recording this, obviously, on February 7th, 2020, at Golden Hour, baby. Oh, yeah. 6.53. And so last night was the draft with uh, the team captains, Giannis and LeBron, drafting their team. Yeah. So I'll run through each team. Team LeBron, obviously, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic, uh, and with the reserves being Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons, Nikola Jokic, Jason Tatum, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, DeMontis Sabonis. Yikes, that's a team. <laughs> wow. Team Giannis. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, Kemba Walker, Trey Young, Chris Middleton, Bam Adebayo, Rudy Gobert, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Brendan Ingram, Donovan Mitchell. So my biggest takeaways, first of all, when you look at the team, it looks like 
LeBron's has a whole lot more talent. And yeah. when you look deeper into it, you realize they do. Uh, yeah, especially after you're just you were talking about Joel Embiid, how he looks. He just doesn't look right. He changed his diet, whatever. He looks lethargic. And and he now might be he's, not a, he might be not much much of an asset on that starting lineup. I don't know. No, especially in a game where you're running up and down the court constantly. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, if I'm I'm putting money down, which look, we this is one of our games for the Pick'em Challenge. Spoiler alert! I'm, oh, it is. I'm picking Team LeBron for yeah. sure. And it it was a very similar outcome last year uh, with Giannis and LeBron picking the teams. And LeBron's team, I'm not sure if you're you're familiar. LeBron's team ended up winning 178 to 164, and it didn't. And it, that score seems a lot closer than it was. Like yeah, they just had the better squad. But I think Giannis has some some uh, fun with it. He was trying to build like the international squad. Yeah, uh, and then it ended up getting broken up by <laughs> LeBron when he picked Luca. But you could see Giannis go, ah, oh, damn. But he ended up going, like, he got a lot of international players, Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, mm. uh, Bam Adebayo. Uh, who else did he get? He got Rudy Gobert was the other one. So yeah. he, he put together a decent international squad. He tried. Yeah, he, he did try. He went for it. But I don't know if you saw that hard, James Harden, your guy, that slander. Giannis, I didn't see it. So he uh, basically, <clears throat> Charles, uh, it was down to, I believe, three guards left, Trey Young, Kemba Walker. And James Harden. Yeah. Now, only one of those players is a former MVP. James Harden is the superior player of those three, no doubt. Easily, yeah. And Giannis goes, oh, it's between Kemba and Trey right now for me. And Charles Barkley goes, oh, you don't want to pick the dribbler? And Giannis <laughs> goes, nah, I want someone who's going to pass me the ball. Wow. I know, I know. And LeBron's trying not to laugh. Like, I mean, it's facts, though. Like, Harden... Harden carries that team. And so I've I've come up with a theory as to why Giannis's team looks so lackluster in comparison. Yeah. I think he's thinking 20 steps ahead. I think he wants that MVP award. Uh, so you look around at those players. Those are a lot of players that are going to pass him the ball. Kemba Walker, Trey yeah. Young, Pascal Siakam, his teammate Chris Middleton. Like I think he's gunning for that MVP trophy, and that was my biggest takeaway. That's uh, fair. I respect the move. My other biggest takeaway, how are we not doing this draft live? Like, know what I want? Yeah, they should definitely do it live. Yeah. Like, just before the game. Yeah. Dude, these practices don't mean anything for an all-star game. I want them legitimately, like, how hard would it be? You have two jerseys for each player. So, Mm -hmm. let's say there's a black LeBron James jersey and a white LeBron James jersey. Well, obviously, he'd be the captain. So, bad example. But a white Trey Young jersey, a black Trey Young jersey. Whatever team he's picked on, he grabs that one. Yeah. Like. Yeah, they do that for the NHL All-Star game because they have the team captains. Get those live reactions. And it's just so funny to watch the player gets picked last because everyone's just chirping him and laughing at him because well they're gonna have a fire under them too yeah and basketball you can kind of control it more individualistic it's more of an individualistic game yeah so you could have like imagine russell westbrook thinking oh i was picked after he's gonna go and score 40 points like yeah you want those live reactions Mm -hmm. uh and and imagine those merch sales for i think the merch sales would be crazy for the wrong jerseys it's kind of insane that they don't do it live i know i I think it's uh uh, honestly i think it's a thing with the players being a little sensitive towards it but so i'm gonna quickly go through how long have we been recording gary Uh, let's see uh we're 35 deep 35 deep okay so i want to go through all the all-star events i'm gonna give my prediction now you can bet on this 
I bet okay. on every single one of them last year. Yeah. And I won every single one. Really? Uh, the skills competition or the uh, the different com- like dunk contest, skills contest, three-point contest, that's where I'm rarely wrong. And I'll, okay. I'll give you my my uh, picks for this. So Let's hear it. The skills contest, it's smallies versus biggies again. You got the small guards going against the big men once again. Yep. The smalls are Patrick Beverly, Jason Tatum, Spencer Didwinnie, and Shea Gildress-Alexander filling in, unfortunately, for Derrick Rose, who will not be participating Mm-hmm. In his hometown of Chicago, very bummed out because the crowd would have loved to see him. But yeah, you got nice. Shea there, and then you got your biggies: Demontes Sabonis, Bam Adebayo, Chris Middleton, and Pascal Siakam. Now, all the sweat. Oddly enough, all of the guys on the small team have won this event previously. Really? Okay. And <laughs> I'm no dummy. If you've won it before, you're winning. Again. You're winning it again, baby. <laughs> so I'm picking. Jason Tatum, who won it last year, I, I look. I, I think he's more well-rounded than really any other player on there. I almost went with Siakam, but I'll tell you right now, like uh, Demontis Sabonis and Chris Middleton are both going to be trying to hit that one pass where you have to pass it through this uh, plastic ring. It's yeah, actually it. super tough, yeah. I would imagine. Uh, and so I think they'll be stuck on that for quite some time. I, I have Jason Tatum taken. I was going to say Siakam. I think Siakam might be able Not to Not a bad it. pick, though. Yeah. That was, that was going to be my second pick, I think. Mm-hmm. Now the dunk contest. The big <sighs> one. Zach Levine, man. You think the white man's going to win it? Zach Levine, was in, he's in the three-point contest. <laughs> Dude, we don't want you in the three-point contest. <laughs> yeah. That's like when J. Cole... Came out with uh, what? What was his most recent solo album? Uh, was it J- JID? No, it wasn't that. It was, uh, dude. When he put that out, it was like, this isn't the J Cole I like. I like yeah. Forest Hills Drive, J Cole. Yeah, where's that J Cole? This isn't the Zach Levine I like. Is it for our eyes only or for? Our, no, that was before. That was way. That was, that was even before. But you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's like that's not the J Cole we want. We want yeah. the J Cole that's uh, for your eyes only. Or or Force Hills Drive. Yeah, yeah, that's the first thing I thought of. Like, oh, Zach KOD. Levine. That's what it was. KOD. Dude, Kids on drugs. We don't want KOD. <laughs> we want Force Hills Drive. It's a different vibe altogether. This isn't why we like you, J Cole. Yeah, Zach Levine. We don't like you for your three point shots. Sure, you knock them down. We we want you for the dunks. Yeah, and so I thought they were actually going to extend. Uh, the amount of people in it to like six or so to allow it. They stuck with four. Eh? We've got four guys. And I thought they'd increase. They didn't. So our four guys are Dwight Howard, Pat Connaughton, Derek Jones Jr., and Aaron Gordon. Now, everybody wanted Zach Levine in it for his rematch with Aaron Gordon. Yeah. That contest was the greatest of all time. It was uh, uh, really unequivocally the closest duo to ever do it. Now, Dwight coming in is exciting. It's fun. It's too He's bad. won before. He's won before. Oh, I mean, yeah, 80 years ago. He has won hey, before. he has won before, though. But they always say, uh, yeah, the legs are the last thing to go in a career. Psych. <laughs> Nobody says that because nope, the first, thing, the to first go. thing to go. <laughs> but he's looked explosive all season, so I, I don't know. It's going to be fun to watch. I, yeah, I think he'll be good to watch, but I don't think he's taking it home. The unfortunate thing is uh, that Kobe was going to do something with him for the dunk contest. He kind of yeah. publicly asked Kobe to do it. Dwight said he w- uh, Kobe was planning on it. So hopefully there's some So – I'm sure there will be some sort of tribute – uh, but it's really a two-man race. I'm sure Pat Connaughton, you got your token white guy that we need every three years. He's <laughs> yeah. going to do that. I already know what dunk he's going to do. He's going <laughs> to do the dunk from white man can't jump. Every white dude ever has gonna has done it in the yeah. jersey. So, yeah, Pat Connaughton, you're coming fourth place. Not I because, respect that call. I mean, not because you're white. 
but, but a little, because you're white. A little, <laughs> a little bit because you're white. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's good. I think everyone has nice low expectations, which is always healthy. But my winner, Aaron Gordon. Just don't use the drones this time, Aaron. He, <laughs> I tried to do this dunk with a drone. I don't know if you saw that a few I years ago. I don't think I saw it. I think he was controlling the drone, and he tried to drop the ball down, have it bounce, so then he would put down the controller as it bounced, and then he'd run and do the dunk. Have someone else control he could, the drone. It just, didn't, it just simply didn't work. Yeah. Leave it at home. You're too talented for that. I want less props. I just want more, want more dunks. Derek Jones Jr., he's an insane dunker. Mm-hmm. Last time he went in, though, all he did was really jump over a bunch of people just over and over. We get it. You can jump. You can jump over people. Yeah. But it's like show a little more creativity. But my fa- my favorite event. Now, how do you which, which is your favorite event from skills competition to the dunk contest to the three point contest? Which is your favorite? Three point. It's always been the three point. Like back when I used I used to play NBA 06 on the GameCube back in the day, three point was my shit. And why why is that? Uh, I think because I like Kyle Korver so much back in the day. Wow, okay. Kyle Korver Kyle, was my Kyle, boy. Oh, no one saw Kyle Korver shadow coming on this. But yeah. the reason why it's my favorite, it's my favorite as well. And yeah. the reason why it is, it's because it has, it's never bad. You can't have a bad three-point contest. Yeah, because there's no, like, it's just one thing. It's like, such dunk, a simple dunk contest. contest is what they make it. You, the three-point exactly. contest is what it's going to be. It, you know exactly what it's going to be, and they yeah. have a great line. They have Davis Bertans, Devontae Graham, defending champion Joe Harris, Buddy Heald, Zach Levine, Damian Lillard, Trey Young, and Duncan Robinson. So a, yeah. a very, very solid group. But they added a new wrinkle. Yeah, I heard about that. So there's two the deep new deep three. shots worth three points apiece, extra two shots per round with extra 10 seconds added on. And those two shots are called the Mountain Dew Zone, <laughs> baby. Because <laughs> of course it is. Like, yeah, I, and I, I have to imagine, and I hope, I hope it's just a cash grab. It's definitely a cash grab. Like, yeah. What? And, uh, and they also, have to incorporate Mountain Dew in, in some way in each event, and that's how they're doing it in three points. And honestly, I'll take it if it's a cash grab. I get it. But if you think yeah. that's a genuinely good idea, you're I mean, you're a moron. <laughs> like it's just it's it's you you perfected it. Yeah. Already. Just let it go, man. Uh but my winner prediction, I've actually been struggling with this, right? Because it's such a solid group. My heart is saying Joe Harris. I picked him last year and it yeah. worked out. Uh, he's got that quick release. What you have to think about, this is my secret for betting on the three point contest. Not enough people think about how the players jump. Yeah. So Kyle Lowry has a quick release, but on his jump shot, he jumps forward. Oh, so he's got so to run back a, a little bit. It's just that one just step, step back, yeah. right? But, I mean, that makes it so his That's time. W- go back and watch. If, if the people are doubting my three-point contest knowledge, yeah. go back and watch every time Kyle Lowry's gone in it. He's run out of time on every, almost every round because he takes that, like, 0.7 seconds to yeah. hop back on every shot. And that adds up. So my winner prediction is Davis Bertans. Big, tall, white dude with a quick release. Yeah, He's been on fire this season. And no one really even knows about I think the betting odds will be good because he's on Washington, the Washington Wizards. Who like I mean, the Washington Wizards are essentially not even a professional basketball team defensively <laughs> anymore. You have no reason to watch them. Uh, so again, to go through Davis Bertans for the three-point contest... I have, obviously, Aaron Gordon winning the dunk contest. And then I have Jason Tatum winning back-to-back skills competitions. Mm. Wow. It feels like, we, like some good picks. I, they, they seem like they're rooted in some knowledge. Dude, it feels like we just ran a marathon. We kind of did. Right now. And I wish the junkheads... Actually, I, 
I do and I don't wish the junkheads could see the amount of Kleenex. I hope <laughs> they didn't have to hear too many too many times. But I've got. I'm really drowning in a pile of Kleenex. I've gone through this water. My throat's going. I, I could was, hear you choking on your words a couple times. I, I mean, I, I, man, I, I'm now <laughs> feeling my nasal passages are, are vibrating like crazy. I've I was, coughed a couple times too. Like we're you struggling. covered. We did, but we're struggling. But that being said, we made it through. We talked about every trade. We have a little bit before we go though of rapid fire fun, and then we got to talk rapid about fire fun. rapid fire fun, and then we got to talk about the Run Amok Pick'em Challenge presented by. Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> but first things first, guys, this past week, obviously, we already talked about it. The beef was cooking in Memphis with Dylan Brooks and John Morant <coughs> calling out Iggy for not playing this season and supporting their playoff run, while Steph chirped back at the Young Guns, supporting his former teammate, Andrea Godala. Gary, when was the time you found yourself beefing with another generation? Um, Pretty recently. Ooh. The release of an app titled TikTok, formerly Musical.ly. I had a beef with music. Oh, I forgot too. that it was, it used to be music. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Did it used to be musically or is musically a separate thing? Oh, dude, you're asking. I actually the wrong, have no you're idea. asking the wrong guy. Yeah, I have no idea. You're but asking the guy who got excited about <laughs> buying two Denver Hayes T-shirts, <laughs> man. Yeah. Either way, I have a beef with both those apps, and it's just because I just, just don't get it. You don't get it. It's dude, just I've tried to get it. It has yeah, it has potential. Like it could be Vine, but it's not. And the craziest part is our compadres. Carson Cooper and Kale Beer have yeah. begun to send me many TikToks, uh, probably two per day each. I don't like that. I don't open them. Know what I hit them with? The haha react. <laughs> That's it. There's going to be one talking about like a dead grandparent, and they're going to be like, what the fuck? What but the hell? For man? now, it's worked out. I'm not watching a TikTok. I refuse to go on there. I mean, every TikTok I feel like I see is just some white person poorly dancing to dancing some badly. music. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a solid beat. I just don't, I don't, I don't agree with it. It's just lazy. That's fair. Okay, you got a beef with with a whole app. Yeah, you're, you're whole taking app. on an army, really. Yeah. Now I kind of took I took on a bit of an army a couple of days ago with my beef with the previous generation. So I'm okay. I'm driving home from work. It's yep. been a long day, and actually, I believe I no, it wasn't podcast time yet. But I was going home. I had some writing to do. Yeah, the day wasn't over yet. You know, I'm just trying to you know get home, get myself some food, and and get get to writing. Yeah, and where do I find myself parked behind at a red light? A goddamn school bus. And I hate the, to see it, dude. There is, there is, like, I immediately before anything happened, I thought this is not going to go well for no. me. No, it never does. It never does because I've been that kid at the back of the oh, bus, yeah, making faces, giving the finger, waving, doing some stupid shit, it, waving, yeah. and and then giggling to my friends. The driver yeah. doesn't know what you're giggling at, so I pull up and I try to keep a low profile. I, I try, I try to keep my <laughs> head down, mind my own business. I'm looking out the window, and then my eyes catch this kid in the back guess what he's That's doing where he screwed up he's straight up giving me the double finger <laughs> right off the bat and he was waiting for me and as soon as i look up all his friends start laughing yeah and so i you know i gaze around i act like i didn't see him i'm looking around i look back like first of all how long is this goddamn light can we get going already and i want to just pass him i'm not trying to beef i look back He's got more people have now come to look at the guy pretending <laughs> not to see this young son of a bitch giving me the double bird of his friends are pointing and laughing. So what do I do? Dude, when I used to like beef with people, behind, they never reacted. They never did anything. Yeah. No, you got to so react. I, I think that's the move. I had to react. I yeah. tried to be peaceful. Dude, I gave him the double bird back. I respect that. I gave that. him the double middle, middle <laughs> finger back and, and I did not. Man, I wonder. Now I'm wondering. If a person beside me, 
Like imagine Saw someone that? to my right sees me giving a double middle finger to a it's school like bus, a school bus full of kids. <laughs> and so I was giving them the double middle finger, like just stra- and no smile. Like I was not joking around back. Yeah, I'm not playing around, buddy. And so <laughs> as soon as that we got an advanced green, the bus goes. I pass behind, and then I'm gone. I'm out of there. Yeah, because dude, I have straight up switched sides of the street when I see a group of like twelve year olds coming down. Oh yeah, dude, groups of twelve year olds are the meanest people on the planet. Yeah. And they have no sense. They don't get how long those those little jabs stick with you. Yeah. Because they're and not they old also enough. have no filter. So they're just going to They have no filter. Yeah. They'll be like, uh, well, like, oh, you should cut your hair. It's not growing out very well. Like, the, the, the <laughs> thing you're thinking about. Yeah. Not, and then they don't realize that 40 years from now, I'll be thinking about how my hair didn't grow out the way I wanted it to. And now you're bald. And now I'm bald. <laughs> now I'm bald. <laughs> But they'll realize when they're 17, damn, the thing that someone said to me when I was 12 stuck with me forever. Yeah. And then they, you become, you naturally become more empathetic. Yeah. But they're too stupid at that age <laughs> to have any sort of empathy. So sometimes the, the moral of the story is sometimes you got to give the double middle finger to a group of 12-year-olds because <laughs> the single middle finger just isn't enough. Yeah. But on to our last rapid fire question of the day. Gary, now that Clint Capella is out of town, 6'5 P.J. Tucker is likely to be playing big minutes for Houston at center and likely is going to get dunked on 10 to 15 times a game because of it. So, Gary, when was the time you were asked to do a job way outside your capabilities? Um, I think this was like three years ago, and I didn't have my full license, and I was doing a snow removal in the winter, which requires yeah. driving a big truck and with a plow. Plow. And I would be that guy in the passenger seat. I hop out and do all the little shoveling with the shovel, and then the guy in the truck drives it, does the plowing. I hop back in. We go to the next site. So we kind of do like our, our rounds, I guess, around the city. We have our contracts to fill. So we're going to different houses, and this guy's like, hey, can you drive the truck down the street, and I'll just like, I'll shovel this driveway. You drive up, shovel that one. You drive up. And I was like, well... Yeah, of course I can. Yeah. Don't and have my license, now but you I was told confident. Me, why were you confident, Gary? What experience did you have? I work at a golf course during the summer. And so what do you drive? A Wait, golf cart. A golf cart? Dude, that's the crazy. When you told me that, you said it with a straight face, too. Yeah. How is that a transferable skill? Because it's driving, dude. It is, it is driving, yeah. but that's pretty daunting. Like, the plow is... It's big. It, it is big, and yeah. it's in front of you. Not it's only wider. is it a truck, but it's a truck with a plow on it. Yeah, yeah. Which is adding some... But you didn't, you didn't like crash in anything. You did no, well. You just I had to go great. straight a couple. I was composed. Yeah. I was confident. Wow. Yeah. Did you have to do any big turns? A uh, couple. couple. A wow. couple sketchy turns. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because you know turns. in the winter, everyone's parked on the street. Yeah. And it's all like tight and you can't really maneuver. Yeah, maneuver. You can't right maneuver right. with a plow. No. I don't know because I've never done it. Exactly. But I would imagine. You wouldn't know. Wow. Okay. That's a solid one. Mine is, I guess, less, uh, less daunting than yeah. that. But me and Carson throughout high school did scorekeeping for mm. women's basketball games. Of course. Carson has this the weirdest notion that we were good at it. And I don't know <laughs> where he gets it. He goes, we, oh, dude, we were the best. We killed it. No, dude, he goes, he says we're the best in the city. We just did it for the longest time. <laughs> we were horrible at yeah. it. So pretty much what he would do is he would keep the sheet, like the, it was like you mark it down manually with a pen and paper on this special like scorecard sheet. Yeah, my job was to do the big sign, like the clock. in the clock yeah. and the scoreboard and the fouls, which is like the most daunting and I the think. buzzer. So this live. is the thing he says that I messed up all the time, dude. You definitely messed up just as much. Yeah, but you don't have people screaming at parents <laughs> going, "We're at fifty-eight. 
Okay. I don't Fine. give a shit. <laughs> like, I'm trying my best. Yeah. Oh, sorry I'm not living up to my $0 an hour salary. Yeah. So we, okay, we were horrible at it all the time. We should be given no responsibility. But again, it di- I, I never messed up to a point where I had really... Uh, impacted a game. You know what I mean? Sometimes I, because you have to buzz people in, sometimes I did that too early or I did it during a free throw and they'd miss the free throw and then they'd have to redo it. Like (laughs) There were little things like that that are bad, but again, not ruining a game. I did a similar (sighs) thing actually though. I, for volunteer hours, me and a buddy, we decided to score keep like Timbits hockey games. Yeah. And the one game is during a tournament or something and they're like, okay, so you guys have been doing a great job all day scorekeeping but this is like one of the final games so every time they score you're gonna announce their name over the pa system and like make a whole deal out of it like oh number 58 J- james uh willington fucking scored a goal <laughs> yeah, yeah and i'm like i don't want to do like that, that shit like yeah it sucks i'm, I'm not getting paid Did you do my well? volunteer yeah 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 well i had to okay but this is the i i did it fine yeah until one fateful day oh really we took on a grade eight girls basketball tournament uh-huh. and i had already messed up naturally this is like eight games in a row to, to do yeah so i'd messed up probably seven or eight times already of course that's what the expectation should be now we're in the final game and mm. this coach is way too heated he's <laughs> just and, and that only gets me more nervous when oh, you're coming yeah. in with toxic energy yeah i'm gonna feed off that in a in a very ineffective way yeah. And so he's basically he's yelling at the refs, he's yelling at the other coach, he's obviously yelling at me because I messed up four times already <laughs> this game. And then it comes down to the final oh, damn. I got to ask Carson how I messed it up cuz I guess that would make the story better, but yeah. it comes down basically to the final seconds. And I do something that is so detrimental. I forget what it could have possibly been, but you I like swear blow to God, the buzzer earlier or something. I did something so detrimental that it cost them the entire game. Really? And it was like 10 seconds left, and I blew the game for them. <laughs> the coach is freaking out, making a scene. He's rushing onto the court. Dude, he's freaking out so bad, I swear to God, his players start crying. <laughs> and then he tries to blame me. He goes, see, look what you did. Now my players are crying. Dude, they're crying because they're scared they have to drive home with you, yeah. and you're going to purposely careen off a bridge with them. And so <laughs> that was my, my one time where I thought, Dude, if this is how high high stakes this job is, do not give it to me. Imagine being an NBA scorekeeper. I still say to this day, like being an on-air, a little different, but being an on-air live announcer is one of the the toughest jobs of all time. Yeah. Now, that being said, we had our rapid-fire fun. We got through our topics, and now it's time to get to the run amok pick'em challenge. Now, as always, now, Gary, I realize that on the bonus episodes, we forgot... Two weeks in a row now to talk about our sponsors. So, I mean, okay. shout out to ABC. Well, yeah. you don't seem as concerned as you should be. These are people paying us a lot of money to well, talk Well, they're about not them. paying us as much as Juncture Magazine, so it doesn't matter. That's true. Not as much as Juncture Magazine, not as much as our good friends at Buffalo Wild Wings. Now, mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with the Run Muck Pick'em Challenge, each week we pick games. Whoever has the worst record has to eat 10 of Buffalo Wild Wings' most spicy wings on video, and it'll be uploaded to at Juncture Magazine on Instagram. The winner gets 10 wings that they want and they get to eat those not on video the person in second place has nothing happen to them <laughs> right now caleb is boasting a or carson is boasting a, a respectable 17 and 14 record caleb at 21 and 10 dude Killing if you want to make money 
pick the games that Caleb is picking. Yeah. And even myself at 15 and 16, like if you're talking betting, that is not a bad percentage whatsoever. Uh, so yeah. again, we're all doing pretty decently, but I need this win. I like, I do not want to be eating those wings, especially if I'm feeling kind of sick. It's coming down to the wire here. It is coming down to the wire. So, like we said before, we're going to be doing two pick'em challenges, and just to let them know about our sponsorship, like we said before, thirty uh, percent normally of Buffalo Wild Wings' wings are exclusively bat wing. Yeah. Uh, but again, if you go in there and say the run of my podcast sent me, they'll give you. 10 free bat wings to try for yourself and yeah. see and see if you're able to tell the difference. So that's the deal only for our listeners exclusively. Again, tell them the run my podcast sent you and probably wink a couple times just to let them know. Mm-hmm. But I got to win these games. It's, yeah. This is the last week for it. It ends at the all-star break. So our first game is the Jazz at Rockets, who we've talked about on Sunday. Then we have the Clippers at 76ers, who we've talked about on Tuesday. Then we have the Blazers at Grizzlies, who we've talked about on Wednesday. And then the bonus game, Team LeBron versus Team Giannis. Now, I've done the math. I've crunched the numbers. I have no choice but to swerve away from what Carson and Kale are picking. Yeah. I said that the Rockets would play well against the Jazz. Unfortunately... Carson and Caleb picked the Rockets, so I'm going Jazz, baby. Yeah, you now, have to. I talked about how the 76ers are falling apart. <laughs> Unfortunately, Carson and Caleb picked the Clippers, so I'm going 76ers. Yeah. I also talked about how fun and dynamic the Grizzlies are and what great pieces they picked up in return. Unfortunately, Carson and Caleb chose the Grizzlies, so I'm going Blazers. Yep. That being said... The math states that I get to pick really one game that I actually believe in in order to try to try to tie Carson or or pull ahead from him. Yep. So I'm going along with Carson Caleb and picking Team LeBron. That's the over safe Team pick. Giannis. That is the safe. I had to pick the safest pick. Yeah. Right. That being said, thank you guys for sticking with us through a sniffly episode. I think next week we're going to be feeling better. Sniffly episode, mm-hmm. a gross episode, uh, an episode filled with you know less voices than you're used to, but. I'm yep. glad we did. I think we made it through it. We talked about everything we wanted to. We hope you enjoy the all-star break. Follow us on Instagram at Juncture Magazine like we talked about before. Be sure to read volume four of Juncture Magazine. Our latest issue is coming out at the end of February, so keep an eye out for that. Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. That stuff really helps us out so much. We really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And remember, the wet bird never flies at night. Thank you. And peace.